0: hey what's up this is Mike from SJC custom drums and you're listening to the limelight podcast
1: Thank you for everybody for coming back to the Limelight Podcast. I really appreciate uh, you guys coming back around to make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on all streaming platforms for upcoming guests. Uh, Our guest that is joining with us today is the co-founder of one of the most prominent drum companies of the 21st century. Uh, You guys know the story where he started this business in his grandmother's basement with his brother. Um, They endorse and uh, work with drummers from bands such like 21 Pilots, Green Day, Slipknot, and a whole plethora of other bands. So... Let's not list everybody because I'll take the whole podcast episode. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Chapari of ZSJC Drums, the co-founder. What's up, brother? How are you? What's up? Good, man. Thank uh, you guys for having me. Thanks, everybody, for joining. How's everybody with the pandemic um, in the warehouse, with the family? Is everybody okay? Is everybody safe? Everything's going yeah. well with business?
0: Yeah, everything's good, man. hope the same for you guys. We're we're fortunate that uh, everybody's good and we're, we're able to work and it's a little bit, a little bit more difficult. We're in a mask all day, uh, you know, building drums and moving stuff around. Uh, but we're good. We're, we're dealing with it.
2: I know we talked about this like a little bit before. Uh, it's weird. Like nobody would have thought like some business probably. Well, I guess some people probably thought it, but some businesses could have thrived through this. Like, I remember before we talked to you, I was reading an article from Fender and Fender said they had like their best sales in I think their company's history. Yeah. During this entire crisis and it's like it makes sense but it, it's crazy to think that people still like want to fall back and like they actually want to take the time to learn something and actually like something that takes a lot of time and a lot of skill and it, it's just cool because like it, at least somebody's doing well and it, obviously you guys are doing pretty well so it's nice to see that you guys have uh kind of staked your claim as like we're, cri- we're uh we're covid proof <laughs>
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's cool. Like you know, we're we're a small and nimble company, and obviously, like you just mentioned, big companies like Fender can 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 do well through this if you if you you know have a a good solid foundation uh, of a business. And yeah, obviously, the world getting a pause. Everybody like stay home for a month or two. Um, you know, there a lot of people are like, I'm gonna go learn an instrument or uh, take up a hobby that I never never thought I'd have time for. So. Um, yeah, Fender's crushing it, which is really cool. That article is really, really interesting to read. Um, but yeah, we, like I said, we're small and nimble, and we were able to to make the necessary changes. Although there weren't a lot that we had to make, but we're small and we were able to kind of like navigate through uh, through this. We're not out of the woods yet, um, no. but we're, you know, we're 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 doing well. Thank thankfully. Do you think that with
2: the way this has kind of made everybody pivot into a different kind of business model in a way that you? Kind of like expose yourself. Do you think there's anything from this that has permanently changed you, or do you think
0: it's all temporary? Changed me, like as just or us? just like
2: just like the company as a whole. But sure, if you want to answer that yeah. too, <laughs> with
0: yourself, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you meant like the industry. Oh, of, I got gotcha. you. Like just SJC, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I think um, I think that we are gonna continue this mindset that we're in. Um, forever you know it was a really good practice for us to go all right let's really look under the hood and see what we can do better so that we can kind of uh, build a stronger foundation you know we've got a lot of history um, behind the company but we've really had to look at certain things and you know thankfully we didn't have to make any major cuts to personnel Um, but as far as like processes and things like that just trying to be more efficient um, so that we can kind of, you know, be stronger. So if something like this ever happens again or it's just good business practice, obviously, that, that mm. we would normally done and uh, having the government tell us that we have to shut down and stay home for uh, an extended period of time, it really allowed us to take a deep dive into the business. And yeah, I've definitely created new uh, processes and, and uh, thoughts uh, towards the business that I think will, will continue on forever. Yeah,
1: and especially with uh since you know, we can't really go out into any venues at all with the music industry closing down cuz we were, you know, considerably the first ones to close and we will be the last industry to open. Um, I mean, you guys have been efficient in other ways with social media and, you know, basically putting more into the yard sale, which this if anybody has looked recently at the yard sale, I mean, that's my kind of vibe with um, the authentic look of those kits, so they look great, so I'm going to take them into consideration. But yeah, I mean, like so I mean, it's definitely a learning curve. I mean, Um, has social media been, uh, some kind of a interesting take on trying to promote more since, you know, like you can't, you guys can't go to NAMM this year, obviously, and such. So I'm sure that's like something that has to be taken into consideration with taking advantage of social media platforms and everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's something that we're really proud of and that we've always been really strong. Um, you know, our company and, and our, our generation is brought up with, with social media, you know, before before some of our competitors had a MySpace or a Facebook, you know, we did and we were engaging with our fans and that's really how we built the core of our business from the early days, like the early two thousands. And so we've already had a pretty strong, um, uh, you know, um, strategy, if you will, uh, around social media and we, yeah, we just amped it up during, during the, sh- the, ma- the, the beginning of the shutdown, you know, we were doing a bunch of live streams. We teamed up with smart punk records and Vans and we were doing giveaways and we were, we were having acoustic shows on our, on our live stream. But that's really the only thing different that we did. We just, we always uh, feed the monster, if you will. You know, we're doing four or five posts a day, strategically timed, and we engage on every comment. If we can, you know, we try to engage every single comment, but yeah. um, we try to keep it interesting and fun and fresh and, yeah, building stuff with the yard sale. that That was something that we used to do a lot. We're getting back to it, especially since we moved, and I found about seven pallets of hardware and stuff that we just didn't have in inventory or maybe oh, had a wow. slight blemish on it. Otherwise, it was a perfect metal shell that we were going to throw away. I'm like, yo, let's just wow. throw some some hardware on this. And instead of it being a $900 snare, let's just sell it for 400 bucks, and some lucky drummer will get a, a really great snare that yeah. sounds as good as new. And he might not care that it has a slight little scratch on it. Um, it still plays like it, like it would brand new. So yeah, that's just some of the stuff that we've been that we've been doing more recently, but we've always done it in one way or another through the course of our history.
1: Yeah, consistency is key too with social media. Not a lot of people
0: take that into consideration, so that's good that you guys are doing yeah. that. Because um, right, I mean, remember- it's it's uh <laughs> it's pretty simple, but it's funny how so many businesses, not even just in the music industry, but. Uh, so many businesses don't seem to understand the, the the ease of social media, where it's just like consistency is key. Like even if you're just doing one post a day or a few a week, just be consistent. And uh, hey, man, shh, don't tell anybody that that <laughs> it's the business secrets, dude. It's the business secrets. Yeah,
1: I remember your. I mean, your social media presence has always been very. um Uh, out there because of the fact like when I, you know, I'm 28 now. So when I discovered you guys back in, you know, the mid 2000s, um, your website was definitely, you know, uh, it looked fantastic, but you made all these good looking partnerships with uh, brands such like Orange. That was like the first snare that really caught my eye. And then you guys had like the, um, there was like between you and Truth. And I think like a couple other companies that were out there that were really only doing the custom brand um drumming uh make and model so i mean it's, it's just pretty cool to see the consistency over the years even though this is, it's more of a a normal thing to do now right in these times unfortunately yeah. yeah thanks man with partnering up with these these brands like such like orange or jack daniels um what's the idea process behind that like where where do you where do you guys when you start building custom drums from scratch where where does the inspiration pull from um is it like a team uh meeting like Aspect to get the idea of everything, and then collaborate and start putting the product together.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It really depends on what the project is. Like with with uh, Jack Daniels or Belveni, you know the 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 idea and the aesthetic from the beginning is let's create a drum that has the same aesthetic as their whiskey barrel. So let's mm-hmm. take the whiskey barrel and turn it into a drum and add the logos and. Um, those are always really fun because you're really using um, some out-of-the-box uh, materials that we don't typically use to build drums. Obviously, mm-hmm. a whiskey barrel uh, isn't, you know, typically a drum. So it creates some fun challenges that the whole team is involved with, troubleshooting, you know, research and development phase. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, those are a lot more... Um, uh, kind of stricter as far as parameters go. It's not like we're going to throw, you know, bright pink hardware on a, on a Jack Daniels drum. The color aesthetic <laughs> is pretty much there right. um, with, with uh, brands like that. But then, you know, from the early days, I just I'm such a fan of, of obviously music, but art and, and fashion to, to a degree. Um, and I've had some friends create some pretty successful uh, clothing brands. And so back in the day, uh, my buddy Johnny Earl over here in Massachusetts, um, create, you know, he created Johnny Cupcakes. Uh, T-shirt brand and uh, so we did some collabs with him and then I just being such a fan of stuff like Vans or uh, you know, Arizona green tea like who doesn't love an Arnold Palmer, you know, like I would just reach out to these brands and Try and find somebody in the marketing department to be like, hey, can we collab and we'll make a drum with your theme and we, you know, we've done stuff with like Toyota Sci- when when they were pushing the Scion brand. No, um, we, did Ar- yeah. we, we did Arizona green tea. We've done, you know, That's obviously Monster and Red Bull within the within the music community. Um, and our our big one right now is Vans. Like we're really tight with Vans, and uh, we've got a few SJC drummer shoes coming out next year, um, which is going to be the first time that we've taken a collaboration like that and extended it beyond just building one-off drums. But the Van stuff is just so fun because obviously that brand as a whole is like, you know, off the wall. Like they got some crazy um, aesthetic and and, and, uh, color combos that you can throw together. So uh, anytime we can create a drum set with them, um, it's just kind of like let's go nuts and do something really fun, wacky colors.
1: Yeah, especially because we were on Warp Tour for a little bit, and dude, I'm pretty sure like more than fifty percent of the drum sets on Warp Tour were SJC. It was yeah, like, yeah. like every time I turn around to another stage, is another SJC kit, completely started from scratch.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude, we we infiltrated Warp Tour from the. Yeah, it was my life like, as, a, as a young teenager, just going to warp Tour, and then I realized, like you know. I'm sure people have heard the story. If not, I, I snuck into Warp Tour with my brother, made a tent, uh, you know, displayed our product. I snuck backstage, talked to drummers and drum techs. And it was just like from there on every year, uh, you know, and especially once we got, you know, officially in with Kevin Lyman mm-hmm. um, and we became a sponsor of the tour. It was uh, yeah, that was really cool, man. Obviously, rest in peace Warp Tour. But those, those are the days and we, we had we had, yeah, like 75 percent of the tour was SJC. It was so fun to watch
2: for so i think that's like the hardest thing when when we found when george told me that you were gonna come on the podcast uh the first thing i always think about is your market space that anything instrument wise i mean it came from the the profit episode i mean we talked a little bit about that about i mean it's kind of like it was overdone but the way that the the, uh the gentleman from i think it was like is his name Dick Ash? Was that really his name? Rich, Richard Ash?
0: Richard Ash, yeah. Yeah, I
2: thought oh, so. I looked it at plays I the like, role well. Okay, so it, it, the thing I want to bring up with that is, and I, I'd love if you can provide insight for anybody that's trying to, to make assert themselves in this industry, is with like these gatekeepers, we obviously are getting away mm. from the gatekeepers in the music industry of allowing people with Spotify, streaming services, YouTube, you can become an overnight sensation just based off your talent more so than you ever could in, in in music history. With instruments, that's a completely different story. What kind of advice do you have to anybody that's potentially thinking about this is what I want to get into? And do you think it is a sustain do you think that the industry is going to change like how musicians are able to get their their art out in their way?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Are you talking specifically on the manufacturing side or just like as a whole? Music- as a
2: whole really broad
0: yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer, you know, and, and you're right, like it's it's easier now than ever to be an overnight sensation and really, um, you know, get traction online and gain a lot of fans and momentum. You know, if the, if the talent is there and the creativity is there, I'm a strong believer, though, in paying your dues and really building a strong foundation and understanding uh, understanding the learning process of going through making mistakes and failing uh, both internally and externally, you know, failing publicly, failing internally and learning from it and building those scars so that when you become successful, whatever success means to you, whether that's money, fans, uh, freedom of you know, cho- your, your choice to, 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 to do certain things, whatever that may be, um, you're more likely to succeed in the long run if you have that core foundation. You know, I've seen a lot of bands become an overnight sensation and then fail months later because, you know, business and this industry is really hard. And if you are that overnight sensation without a history of learning how to fail, you're going to experience a growing pain at one point or another. And if you're successful, you're going to experience growing pains basically daily. If you don't have that historical uh, viewpoint of learning, you're not going to know how to like go through those challenges not that you become an expert on it, but um, our industry specifically, I've seen a lot of new brands uh, in the custom drum space, try and come out and make it over the past 20 years that I've been involved in this industry. And they don't make it because there are a lot of really difficult challenges that present themselves on, again on a daily basis as you continue to grow. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would just urge whoever wants to, to get a, get a uh, a job, or create, um, you know, create a future in this music industry. To, to don't be shy about uh, learning, and, and, and don't think that there's any cheat code that you're gonna, you know, create success overnight. If it happens, cool. Um, if not, just keep keep crushing it, and you know, go towards your your goals and your dreams. It's it's uh, it's not always an overnight thing.
1: My thing, too, is uh, we have a lot of guests on the podcast who like have similar stories to like you where uh, like one big door, one big window opens and then it completely like is a like a snowball effect. Uh, the determination is really something that uh, people should really take in consideration. I mean, like uh, considering the fact that you guys are now a uh, have a partnership with distribution with Guitar Center and and then Sam Ash passed up on that, which is, you know, it is what it is like it happens. But that's not going to stop SJC. That's not going to yeah. stop you, dude. You know what I mean? So. Yeah,
0: totally, totally. It was. It's a big bummer, you know. The, the the when we did the profit and the Sam Ash thing was on there. Yeah, it, did, it didn't pan out. But I wasn't gonna let that determine the future uh, of the company in a negative way. I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna continue to try to do this, and if not, I'm gonna try to make another partnership um, elsewhere to grow to grow the brand and the business. And so, um, yeah, you just gotta learn, fail, learn, fail, learn, fail, just yeah. keep doing it
1: yeah and josh dunn's trump set is going to be the first uh showcase kit for guitar center that's super rad dude what, yeah, what came yeah, to that really, decision? that's we're, cool we're
0: really excited uh you know we've, we we were in discussions with guitar center for over a decade of you know when you know getting sjc in their stores and we just we, we did it really slow i i i didn't want to rush anything we wanted to really test market the product that we'd be putting in there and make sure that the quality and the uh, the demand was there and so um obviously with it with somebody like Josh Dunn his signature products uh, that that product crushes it so that was a no brainer to get into to GC first for sure mm-hmm
1: yeah and the drum kit represents the new album i believe because they always change the color scheme every time that they, they do that i believe right yep. it's, yeah it's yep. a nice
2: cheat, cheating way to get free kits that's nice <laughs> 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 listen man i need another kit it's another color what's up yeah no but it's
0: really cool work you know working with josh and designing it and uh this past one was was the most fun you know they had the blurry face um era as they call it the black and red it was pretty mm. simple with the with the uh, Alien logo, but this last one with the trench olive and the camo pattern, and uh, you know, not only were the, was the aesthetic really rad, but he needed like three or four kits with some special, um, like a ballad snare and things like that on this last kit. So that that was really fun to go through the, the design process with Josh, and then get to the point where we could, you know, uh, mass produce um, a, a, a kit with his name on it with that same aesthetic. So that was really fun. Um, I'm proud of those for sure.
1: And you, I'm sure you already have a list of product that um, might be taken into consideration that would be distributed through Guitar Center, whether it's snares or um, other kits like that that are yeah signatures. yeah
0: have got I you know I I just I don't stop thinking so I've mm. got lists and lists and lists of ideas for a product and now that Guitar Center is in the mix I've got you know a 17 page document of product and marketing things that I would like to do and when you know when we can gather again and concerts are safe to have I'm, I'm I'm most stoked to have uh, our loyal to the craft workshops at guitar centers. I think that's going to be really, really awesome and something that hasn't really happened uh, in this industry. So, I'm pretty stoked for that.
2: Obviously, like your your big thing is the, is the custom market. So, I'm just curious, based off of like now that you've established yourselves and maybe you've done this in the past. so correct me if I'm wrong, do you ever like uh, are you ever trying to push the boundaries of drums in terms of finding new ways to? kind of push the barrier of it or are you more focused on the artisanship of making the perfect drum like what 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 kind of like what is your
0: motivation for that um yeah great question i went i've gone back and forth on that one at the beginning it was let's just make custom drums and do it as a hobby and do it for fun then it turned into a legitimate business and you know we you 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 have to do certain things to operate a business you know once you grow and you get employees and a building and and all that all that good stuff you know that the motivation changed a little. Where we're like, all right, let's try and create some volume, so we can create efficiencies and more demand. Because obviously, we have to sell to create uh, certain revenue for your break-even and all that, all that good stuff. Uh, fun business that a lot of people don't think uh, you gotta you gotta worry about. Um, and then as we grew, and that the business became bigger and the demand was more. Yeah, I got really into all right, let's try and create an electronic drum or let's do some hardware. And we got into you know creating stands and pedals and we had three lines of hardware, an entry level, a flat bass and, a, and your typical heavy duty tripod uh, stand. Yeah. And then we were like, let's try and make our own drum shells. And I had all these grand ideas and it really, a company like us, I realized I don't want to be the big guys. I don't want to have all that anymore. So over the past year, we've really honed back and gone back to the early day uh, grassroots way of thinking. Let's just focus on the artisanship and be the best custom drum builder that there is um, and create, continue to create that experience. As we tried to go on all those different avenues, I lost sight. i not only lost time of being able to worry about it and handle all of that stuff. I just lost sight of it. And not that I lost my care, but I just lost sight where I didn't focus on it as much. And so we've got a really great little niche in this music industry and our our segment of that industry is not a growing one you know acoustic drums is not a, uh, a, a growing market such as Fender and in guitars and even electronic drums but for me to try to pivot and make SJC an electronic drum company because that's <laughs> the segment of the market that's growing in yeah. the drum and percussion world just doesn't make sense for us and that's not where my passion lies. So. Yeah, we're really going back to the grassroots and focusing on just being a small, nimble, custom drum company. That you know, we've got our our, our import product that we mass distribute and mass produce. That, that will grow and be there. Um, but the experience with our consumer and the the customization that we offer, that's what we're good at and that's what our where our passion lies. And so it's it's uh, shifted over the past couple of years, but now and in, into the future we're we're kind of scaling yeah, that, that-
2: now that you know exactly what works and what, exactly. yeah, I got you.
0: That's yeah, awesome. I have to go through all those practices and learn and fail and learn and fail to realize that, hey, man, like this is, we may have been doing this for 20 years, but that doesn't mean that we have to change and act like we're some big business or have these expectations that we're going to be the next DW. Like, I don't I don't want that. I want to stay small SJC. Um, so yeah.
1: Yeah, you guys want to stay uh, closer towards like the tailoring aspect of, each and every individual drum, which is great too. And I yeah. mean, for anybody that is like psyched for them to come, which I'm sure a lot of people are psyched for SJC to come through to guitar center, let's just not get our hopes up for the DeLorean kit. I'm sure that's really hard to pre- mass
0: produce. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's obviously crazy custom builds like that that, you know, oh, that's sick, man. It makes me sad that, that 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 our customers don't understand that just looking at that, it's like that's really expensive. Like not only materials, but that kit took like three and a half weeks to build, which means we're not building anything else. <laughs> You know, and, and we give, obviously, we give, like, discounts on that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. If it's a big band, then it's like, all right, this dude, We the Kings, they're, they're headlining warp Tour. You know, that kit's going to get a lot of eyes. It's a marketing expense for us to a certain mm-hmm. degree. So, yeah, we're not ever going to mass produce that stuff. And, uh, yeah, we get we get quotes every day from drummers using our virtual kit designer. That's just, like, seven-piece, double bass, exotic veneer, high-gloss lacquer, butcher <laughs> hoops, lights, you know custom vents and they're like why is it seven thousand dollars i'm oh, like oh well mm. they're like my budget's a thousand bucks i'm like okay well the pathfinder kit is 799 if that gives you any um inclination of like the price gap yeah. right. the delorean your... kit or seven piece with all the with all the options is going to be way more than that um do you ever get like a uh,
2: when you see like an order come through uh, the 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 the, uh, the software do you ever just go shit <laughs> like, just because it looks like a beast to like overcome
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no we, we love that stuff honestly like we love a challenge but you know it it has to it has to make sense for us to do it again whether it's yeah. a marketing expense or um you know if the customer's going to pay for it yeah we'll we'll yeah. do it. um no no there, there hasn't really been any that comes through <laughs> we say, oh, oh, crap! We're just like we're stoked to build drums man so anything that comes through we're up for the challenge we're like all right yeah how are we going to pull that off this is yeah. sick
1: that's awesome. Danny Duncan, if you're willing to sell your drum set, please contact me. Uh, the Live my podcast at you know. A couple
0: years ago. That, that's that's like a museum kit for him, I'm sure. Yeah, who I mean. who knows? You never know.
1: Who knows? <laughs> yeah, the designs just keep getting more like creative like every year. Like it's incredible. Like the acorn kit from uh the member. remember? Um like yeah. you know what I mean? It's just kits like that just like they're out of box ideas and they you guys you just you know, put it to the floor and you're able to come up with some product like that too. I mean, yeah, it was pretty yeah. obvious too. What um, I think I I I mean I'm gonna paraphrase what Marcus said. Uh, as soon as he walked up to you guys and end but he was basically like, "These are gorgeous drums." Like that was okay. like, dude, and like he's not wrong too. So I mean, like it's the, it's cool that you're able to have a a reliable partnership with him through these. I think like five years uh, together as um, partners and such. And I mean. Has he? How how often do you talk to him? I mean, has he made like such an impact besides investing and helping with the turnaround time? I mean, has he? Does he still involve himself on like little tedious things? Like how how's that been going with him?
0: Uh, yeah, we don't we don't work with Marcus a ton um anymore. He you know he's he he's grown so much since we even did our episode, and uh, you know he's done certain things with his portfolio brands or whatever. But yeah, I mean, he really helped. It it it, it allowed us to. Obviously get a cash infusion into the business where we were we were able to get a lot of equipment and inventory. Um, the surge of of growth that we had then, you know, it was a growing pain. it caused uh, it caused new problems to arise that we just had to work our way through and we're still working our way through some of that, but it made it happen a lot faster than it would have um, had we continued going on our on our natural progression. so, it was really cool. Um, I'm glad we did it. It was a, it was a huge learning experience for sure. Um, But yeah, we're not, we're not super heavily involved with him. Uh, I think he kind of like nurtured us at the beginning and was like, here you go. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome.
2: For that to happen. How did that transpire? Do you like apply to go on that show or do you?
0: Yeah, uh, I applied. I just like, you know, I was looking for, I was looking for an investor or a, a loan from a bank and I like for a year I had gone to banks, put on my suit and tie, presented our business plan and everything like that. And uh, we, it was really hard for us to get along being a small business that never really had credit like that before. We never we never yeah. have before. So um, that was really hard. And you know, I'm such a fan of the show and I would watch Shark Tank. Well, yeah, I love that show. Man. Yeah, like all those so. shows, Bar Rescue, all that. I love watching them because I get to see other entrepreneurs go through things that I may have gone through or I may be like, wow, I need to look out for that. This is a good idea to to fix that, I would just kind of study. That was like me going to college, almost like watching those shows. So yeah, one night, um, I applied to be on the show, and we got a call, and we were casted casted to be on it. And I, I was a little um, uh, skeptical at first because we had we had gotten asked to go on Shark Tank like like six or seven years ago, so a few years before the profit happened. And um, I declined to go on that uh, for for a few reasons, and I was you know. Skeptical of of certain uh, uh, contractual things, if you will. Absolutely. Okay, right. But it, Absolutely. it was really cool. Like we just we got picked to go on the show. I went through all the casting, and then um, I flew and landed in um, Los Angeles to do Nam in 2015. And I got I landed and uh, turned my phone back on, and I got a voicemail from the casting department um, wanting to do s- something. I forgot what it was, and I called him I was like, "Hey, I just landed in L.A." Like I can meet you guys at your office to go over all this now, and so we did. And um, oh, cool. that year for Nam was like one of my uh, most challenging because like we were we were really tight uh, revenue wise. Like we we didn't have a great year the year before. Uh, my brother and I were just at the tail end of our our fighting and going through yeah. like, the buyout, and it was literally my wife, um, one other person, and myself doing Nam. And uh, it was it was tough. So to to have that happen um, and meet with the the production company, and they were really excited. They were like, "Yo, we're gonna fly Marcus in now. We're gonna start filming at Nam next week." Nice. <laughs> that was crazy. It was a yeah. world of like going for, from months of casting calls and going through the motions of all the paperwork, and then boom, they're like, "I didn't even know we were a hundred percent gonna be on the show," and they're like, "We're starting to film in three days." Oh um, damn! God. So it was it was wild, and we we had to. I was drum teching for Rancid at that time. So I had a bunch of tour dates right from NAM going to Japan and going to Europe through yeah. through the springtime of, of 2015. And they were like, cancel all of your travel plans. Um, you know, <laughs> NAM will just show up at your factory at any time. They're, 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 they're basically going to just surprise us. So they're like, you have to be at work. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, it was
2: wild, but yeah, it was cool. So when you found out you were going on that show, like obviously we watched the episode and I'm assuming most people that are going to watch us and watch the episode for the, the discourse between you and your brother, like obviously that the show has to do a lot of theatrical stuff and they have to make it interesting to watch. Were you kind of trepidatious to kind of put that
0: out in to the spotlight, into the public eye? Sure. Yeah. 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 that's my family, man. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's my family and that's stuff that I don't talk about publicly. Um, <laughs> that was one of the first things i mentioned to them when we when we talked i was yeah, like for sure they, they were like what's your story i told them my story and uh obviously there's there's good tv there when you have family drama uh but that was one of the first things that i requested was like yeah i just don't really want a lot of my family stuff uh involved and mm-hmm. uh, it was such a whirlwind while we were filming i mean there was a lot going on we were, we were ripping apart the entire business and obviously i got a uh an investment from Marcus for you know almost half a million dollars and I gave up 70% of the company uh for that and uh it was an emotionally challenging and exhausting time cuz not only were we doing that but we were filming for yeah. 12 hours a day I had a microphone on me at all times I it was it was a lot I wasn't sleeping I was I was very uh I was depressed I was just sleep deprived I was anxious i was excited i was every emotion and uh <laughs> wow they brought then they brought my brother in one night at like 9 p.m while we were filming yep. um yeah it came out man and like you know it, it is what it is i didn't know that was going to happen my raw emotion was there marcus even had he told the cameras to stop filming at one point because it was so bad mm-hmm. um it is what it is man and just remember everybody like you watched 45 minutes uh <laughs> Of yeah basically my my 20year career with my brother yeah. um shrunken down to 45 minutes so of course they're gonna take kind of like the craziest stuff and splice it together and it, it whatever <laughs> together
2: how much did they splice up like what t- what amount of time was it was it a couple weeks a couple days uh,
0: I can't remember but it was I rem- it was probably like the first half of 20 I don't know when, when, whenever the episode aired yeah they- we basically take that time i think did it air in may june or july i think it aired sometime in the Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from january from nam time you know the second third week of january until then we we filmed on and oh on. wow they would they would film and leave and we'd think they'd be gone and like obviously we're getting back to work and then randomly i walked back into the factory at 5 30 p.m and wow. there with a couple cameras and like hey what's up buddy i'm like Oh shit. Okay. Like here we go. Wow, that's intense, man. Like
2: I never I didn't think it would be like that. I thought it was like kind of like every day, like you know what you're getting into for the next couple weeks. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, we had no idea. And 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 how I knew we were filming <laughs> the first day is my office um used to be in our old factory. My office was against a window that was that I could see the main street, like the Wo- Worcester Street that we're on. And uh yeah. it was like it was like seven thirty in the morning, and I look out my window, and three brand new RVs cruise by <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "Oh shit, we're starting." Luckily, <laughs> I go I go to work the early. Then it's like an army coming in, man. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, "Oh shit!" So, like you know, it was on at that point. Oh my god, that's that's intense.
2: Like, yeah, that definitely seems like a whirlwind whirlwind of emotion. Then, just like I didn't I didn't realize it was that much time in which they take a lot of the uh, the content from that's crazy
0: yeah i don't know what it is for other other episodes i'm sure it varies but yeah for us there was there was a lot of filming that we did um we you know we were going to new york we were going to boston mm, yeah I, I would get an email at sunday night being like uh, monday morning 7 a.m that's when we filmed the uh the sam ash uh portion i had no idea we were doing it. sunday night i get an email <laughs> in Dallas, is... Brooklyn or wherever the heck it was at 7 a.m. tomorrow and wear a nice shirt, like a button-up shirt. I'm like, what's the... happening okay, right now. Sure. Wow. That
2: was like the... Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but I mean, you said that you knew the buyer for uh, Sam Ash for way longer than you knew, uh, obviously, uh, Richard Ash Dick or Ash. whatever. Yeah, Wait, <laughs> Dick Ash. <Sorry. laughs> but like... Uh, you said that it kind of was, um, it, it, it was kind of. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word for it, but it, it was orchestrated
0: a little bit. I, I would, yeah, yeah. It was, um, again, like I didn't know we were doing it. Like yeah. Mark wanted us to go, and he wanted me to pitch the business to uh, obviously get a distribution deal in a store like that. But it, 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 you know, I've seen that in a lot of the episodes where they'll fix the business and strategy and the plan, and they'll put the business owner in a in an opportunity to get a deal like that so you know marcus is using his brand power with the profit and cnbc and Mar- being marcus Lemonis to to get those meetings but yeah i had known uh the, the other gentleman that was there al for a long time um it, our old business manager um introduced me to al a long time ago we had made a few drums one off for sam ash uh every now and then but yeah i was really excited for it because sam ash is a really cool store it's a as far as all of the stores go out there, it was a smaller, you know, deal where it's you know thirty to forty to fifty stores as opposed to Guitar Center, two hundred plus. Um, so for me at that time, I was I was really excited for because I was like, I think we can genuinely make something really cool out of this, where yeah. it's a smaller, more attainable network, um, and we can supply that at that point um, in our in our businesses career. Um, but yeah, it was it was orchestrated, if you will. I put that in quotes, you mm, know. Yeah. Where it was like again, tomorrow morning, go go to Sam Ash in yeah. New York. Marcus is gonna meet you there. You're gonna pitch SJC basically. Um, and it, it just didn't pan out. You know, we did it for the show. Uh, who wouldn't want to be on CNBC's the profit? So I'm sure they were mm-hmm. like, Yeah, let's have these guys come in here and we'll get some advertising. But yeah, for, yeah, it seems like it seemed like when the cameras went down and I would follow up that they had no intention of truly working with SJC and SJC's not in Sam Ash, so that just tells you how that deal Yeah, Uh, and out and i followed up two dozen times to the point where i was like i'm being annoying now so i'm not i'm not getting any yeah you don't want to be that guy it just didn't work out yeah that's
1: me don't be me dude you know how many emails (laughs) i send out every day trying to get some of these artists on and i follow up and i follow up and like this guy has only had like a couple people on. Let's not No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but no, I, I totally know what you mean. And like the whole thing with there's not. I mean, the vulnerability is going to be there, obviously, and I guess it's reality TV. But I just think from a business perspective, I think like what you did between the shark and the profit was like definitely a bold move and very logical on your sense. Um, and then yeah, the
0: profit was for me, a, 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 a no brainer only because comparing it to Shark Tank, Shark Tank, you go on there, you get whether you're on there for a minute, 10 minutes, an hour is really up to the sharks. And, yeah, so. for, oh, God. you know, that's really intimidating to be standing there, bright lights on you, five or six sharks asking you questions. That I'm not the, as you saw in the profit, I'm not a numbers guy. I don't know mm-hmm. off the top of my head what our cost of goods sold is, what our exact revenue was, what our exact break even is, what our margin is. I don't know those things because that's not my forte. And, Going on Shark Tank, I knew I would I was going to get legitimately eaten alive, like a lot of people do. They do, and then yeah. I might have looked like not. I, I might have ruined the brand's image doing that. But on the profit, yeah, you know, yeah. if you get picked, you're you're likely going to get an hour episode yeah. um, from that show where I could have, where I knew I was going to be able to showcase the brand. You know, it went in a in a different direction than I thought it was going to go. Um, again with the family dynamic, but. I think it showed the brand in in, in the light that, you know, we, we definitely aired some dirty laundry, but it showed that we're a small, you know, committed and super passionate uh, yeah. brand.
1: Yeah. And not only, you know, with that television show, I mean, with Raw Craft, that also brought out like the brightest light within SJC, considering the fact, yeah. you know, rest in peace to a hero for too many, Anthony Bourdain. Um, yeah. Dude, like building that custom snare for Trey Cole was just like, but, and you know what's even more yeah. insanely like into detail-oriented with how it went about like it just it's solely focused on the craft of Everything that your guys do in the warehouse like your woodworkers yeah. and yeah, dude yeah like, They
0: did such a good oh, job with that man. It was amazing they did man. They, they I, I'm so glad and for lucky. I'm so happy that we got to do that man when they called me uh, to do it and they were telling me about some of the other businesses that they were having on the show like a guy was making knives out of melting down a meteorite and custom tailored <laughs> suits using all these crazy materials and textiles. I was like, Are you sure you want us on there? Like, we could totally turn down a drum like we did it with Jack Daniels, by the way. Right. Like, Are you sure? And they're like, Yeah, we this will be so rad. Um, that was such a cool opportunity, man. And yeah, like you said, rest in peace, Anthony. I'm so. Lucky to have gotten to meet him and 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 hang out with him and do that. I mean, he was in our factory for a week, building drums with us, <laughs> drinking Belvini. Like, does he heck, live?
2: Does does his TV persona live up to the hype of what he is in real yeah, life dude, off yeah. camera?
0: That's awesome. That his mystique and his like <laughs> roughness is just. Yeah. I I was always on edge with him because I'm like, I don't know what he's gonna ask me next, and he's such a <laughs> hated dude that I. Yeah. That I, and he's such a confident dude that I was just like, I don't even want to hang out and talk to you because I just feel like I'm going to make a fool out of myself because you're so cool. Um, it definitely, he definitely lived up to, and he was the same. He was the same as, you know, what you see on TV. It was just like, what's up, I'm Anthony. I think, I
2: think it was really <laughs> cool for you, like, talking to you, like, kind of off the record with this stuff, like, how it, it brought two parallel or two parts of your life into perspective in such, in like 15 minutes. You said yeah. that you, you had, when we talked to you earlier you had the green day poster behind you that was over your bed yeah and in that episode you're talking to like the artisan of artisans the guy that kind of puts people that never get the spotlight he gives them a platform and you're getting this platform with him he's showing the guys behind the scenes for you that kind of make sjc what sjc is that would never get a chance and then you see trey cool looking at the hard work and like the craftsmanship of this insane snare that I've never seen in my life. Like it's incredible Just just to see those two things come together for you. Like you could see the genuine pleasure that you get from that. Like that, like it's I showed my wife the other day and we both, we we were both just like in awe of it. Like this is incredible. This is so neat.
0: Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And I am again, just so lucky to have had that opportunity to showcase, you know, our passion and that, in that style and at that level with, you know, like you said, with two, two, you know, heroes, Anthony Bourdain, Trey cool. Like that was the coolest thing ever, man. And like we got, my wife and I got dinner with Anthony and then wow. Trey cool with his wife, like, like, and my son was there. My son was like six months old at the time. And like my little dude, I got a bunch of pictures of Trey, my kid with Anthony, like uh,
2: so cool. imagine that story you're going to have with your, with your kid when you're, when he's like 21 years old and you have your first beer together. Like it's going to yeah. be like, Dude. That's going to be so crazy.
0: Uh, I got this. I, I, I kept this. Anthony signed this wow. bottle for me. Oh, for me. my God. And, That's uh, priceless, man. not opening it. This will no. be the first thing I have with my son, like legit. That's oh, amazing. let's man. go. <laughs> well, watch that episode and I'll be like, here you go, man. <laughs> By the way, we drank a lot of these when we were filming. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably an
1: unlimited amount one of barrels of the, that from, came through.
0: One of the logs on the first drums we made was a little crooked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> so we just you know we just went back to it and started again from scratch oh my god dude that's amazing yeah he hear it in many dude like he was just i think he just appreciates the the art behind um tailoring to certain industries yeah. um which there isn't many of so i think sjc being the one more prominent drums companies out there um that's 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 just so cool and humbling to gotta be like working with that. yeah you can
0: tell you could tell he was like really into it because obviously anthony bourdain has done a lot in his life he doesn't have to do a show like that like he wanted to you could tell he was genuinely like so why are you cutting it like that what does that do to the sound and like everything we were doing he was just like huh even if the cameras weren't rolling he was just like huh okay yeah i get that hit it let me hear it and like just really cool and then again hanging out with him and trey like without the camera talking about just like food and life and like hearing them talk my wife and i didn't say a word the whole time we were just like we're like (laughs) learning so much right now (laughs) wow so cool
1: oh my girl would freak out she had like a birthday party literally just for green day like when she was like nine years old like to have trey cool and dude she would she would freak out she was in that situation too how
2: did that how did that relationship translate because you've been working with trey cool for quite some time now right
0: yeah 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 that was crazy man i uh Obviously, being a fan of Trey, he was one of my favorite drummers when I was a kid and even now. Um, I just one day went after it, like I was I was chatting with my buddy, Mike Fasano, who's a, who's a, uh, a world-renowned drum tech. He does huge records. He's, he's a Los Angeles-based drum tech, you know, he's done Blink-182, he's done a ton of the Green Day records. I was just chit-chatting with him on Facebook and he was like, I'm, I'm teching for Green Day, their Uno Dos Trey record. I was like, that's sick. Uh, The studio is in Oakland, California, or was, Uh, they've got a bunch of studios now. Um, They've got one in Newport. But anyway, um, they were were recording their new record and I just so happened to be flying out a month later to Tech for Rancid. I did a bunch of drum tech work uh, back in the day to just get out there and network and uh, be with our drummers. And so I'm like, huh, I wonder if we made some snare drums, if I could drop them off for Trey. So I'm like, yo, Mike, do you think I could do this? He's like, dude, for sure. So the guys created four really awesome snare drums, and we packed them up. You know, huge box. This box is like the size of me, really, really heavy. I flew with it to to uh, San Francisco <laughs> when I went out there for the uh, for the rancid shows, yeah. and I went out a day early and uh, literally flew with this box, man. I won't. I'll make a. I'll make a long story short, uh, as short as possible. But I almost got mugged because I'm on the Bart, the the, the, the San Francisco, uh, you know, train station at like midnight. Yeah. It's with, a little sketchy box, out there, man. It's a <laughs> really, really sketchy area, and, and, yeah. it, um, yeah. and I got this box of you know five thousand dollars worth of snare drums, basically, and uh, I got it. I brought it to the studio. Uh, Mike let me in. I dropped the snares off. I sh- un- unboxed them, showed him. He's like, "Do you want to say hey?" And like, I didn't even, I didn't even want like, to yeah. like. And boy, I was just like, let me just have him check out these snares, and like, if it if it happens, it will. Um, and like a week later, I got home. And I'll never forget it, man. I was I was uh, visiting my grandma at the at her nursing home and like Trey called me. And well he called you directly? <laughs> yeah, he just called me. He's like he's like, dude, like he snared under badass, man. Can I have him? And I was just like, Yeah, yeah. dude. Hello. <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, man, I was hoping you'd send him back. <laughs> Right, and so it's it just kind of started there. We're like, we just kind of, I dropped the snares off, he liked them, he used a few of them on the record, we ended up building him a few one-off drums, because that record process for them was pretty long. Oh so yeah,
2: it was like 36 songs, yeah. Yeah, really they great.
0: were recording for a while, so we yeah. ended up building a few things, like again, through Mike Fasano, and um, Green Day goes on tour for that record cycle, and I surprised Trey with the Twisted Bunny kit. I know Trey loves vintage drums, Um, So there's a a Canaan top hat kit that was made in the 60s that I love. And so I was like, what if we replicate that kit, but with the Green Day Bunny and the TC shield, like the Buddy Rich style shield, made him that kit. And I went to their show in Rhode Island and coordinated it with his uh, drum tech, Kenny, um, at the time and uh, set the drum set up backstage. Trey didn't know I was there. He came in the dressing room and saw the kit and he was just like, wait, what? like what. Is <laughs> and so uh so that crazy. was it man like we became friends like Billy Joe came in and was like this thing's badass his son Joey ended up getting a drum set and it was just like this cool like friendship building. Wow. Um I ended up going out to California and hanging out with Trey um and you know where he lives and we talked for a while and then he flew to Massachusetts to visit our factory
2: came oh, what a in a good
0: dude man yeah time and yeah he came in and like we we, we gave him a tour of the the factory we went out to dinner um, he and the really cool thing during all this like he was starting to date his now wife Sarah and uh, we just became friends man my wife uh, and, and and myself and Trey and his now wife would just go out to dinner and talk and chat business and music and drums obviously we ended up going to each other's weddings and like it was just this really cool. Uh, natural friendship that built, where now Trey plays SJC and like, mm-hmm. wow, weird, cool. Uh, yes, yeah, it surreal. all started
2: from your. And it all started from a basement, man, and here yeah. you are. Yeah, honestly, that's, cr- that's, that's crazy.
1: crazy. And and you know what's so cool? I don't know if you saw it recently, but uh, Billy and you know Billy's kid has a drum set of, of SJC. He's jamming with his kids now during quarantine. Did you see any of that content at it's all? It's so crazy. It's <laughs> so yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: I love it, man, and like it, it, it was just like so cool. He, Billy's got a kit at his studio that his son, his two sons got for him for christmas one year and like we made mike dirt a drum set like everybody in green day and their kids have (laughs) that like what that's incredible
1: (laughs) tailoring to the custom drums in general um with your business and everything have you um considered into looking into other aspects of lucrative uh ideas such as like i don't know like accessories for drums because i know you guys have drum pads and i know that you guys have a couple other uh, things with your brand on it but have you like like, like for example sticks like have you guys ever like th- thought of investing in like custom drumsticks at all or any kind of like other yeah. relatable
0: yeah that's I love that question I love thinking about that stuff too for sure like again being a, a fan of drums I, I love that stuff it, it's kind of going back to the, what we talked about earlier like staying in our core lane um, as much as I would love to do sticks and all that sort of stuff there's other companies out there that make great sticks and I don't I just can't think that I can compete with them without the distrib- the distribution network and the quality. There's It's such a big process to produce a quality stick that you're going to stand behind. You know, Obviously, symbol companies, stick companies, stand companies. We do do practice pads, and we've got some really cool practice pads coming out in uh, November um, for the holiday season. We've got a new SJC pad. We've got three artist series pads, um, pads like you've never seen before, like full-color printing, like really cool stuff. And that that project took like a year to kind of come to fruition. So the the R&D process on some stuff like that is is long. And so while I try and stay in in my core lane and engage with consumers and create good content and obviously build quality drums, um, it's hard to focus on that stuff and find the time to do it. But I will Mm -hmm. say um, I'm in discussions uh, with two pretty major um, licensors, if you will. Like I'm going after two licensing deals where at that point, yes, we will create symbol toppers and stick bags and thrones and pretty crazy stuff. And I wish mm. I could talk about it more because both no, of them okay. are, are absolutely massive. Um, but <laughs> y- you will see in due time.
1: <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, you don't want to give away your secrets, dude. Like people are going to yeah. take, you know, what you're trying to eat. Like that's not cool. But, Listen,
0: like, you already gave I'm away like, the secret about social media. So
2: yeah, yeah dude, honestly,
0: people are trying to take it because. Even getting these relationships took me like five years to create. so I don't think any other companies are, are even thinking about this this type of licensing deal. Um, so I'm not worried about that. I just like the mystique of like, oh my gosh, next summer SJC dropped a yeah, you know, insert yeah. really cool movie here.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> oh, there's gonna be a movie coming out about you about SJC eventually oh,
0: no. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That would be that'd be crazy to do. I, I would love... We did a documentary. It's on YouTube. We did one like 10 years ago. Me and my buddy like shot and edited it. That was cool. Um, I don't know if there will ever be a movie though, but that would be sweet. I'm going after a movie. Uh, Ooh. You, you, will, you will see. It's Who's be playing cool. you? Keanu Reeves or something? Or? No. no, 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 no not, not a SJC movie. Like oh, um, we're going to make products based on yeah. um, a, uh, a very popular movie series.
1: Oh, oh, dude, come shit. on, man. You don't stop, man. You don't stop thinking. You're right. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All these examples and everything.
0: Oh, my goodness. I literally don't stop. I, I sleep for five hours a night. and Listen, uh,
2: the stuff that nobody sees is this Mike is just pounding away at emails when we're like in the middle of doing nothing on this thing. But <laughs> not, Mike, I, I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, we've had to reschedule a couple times, but no uh, it it's really a pleasure to talk to you just because you are the inspiration for a lot of people to see somebody like your age, doing what you've done and had the relationships that you have, like it's, it's impressive. And anybody that's kind of on the fence about like chasing your dreams and stuff like that, definitely take a look at Mike because man, you're, you're living the dream, man.
0: Mm. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. It's uh it's nice to hear that, you know, like when you're in the, in the middle of the hustle, uh, sure you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a daily grind. And like you said, if, if, if anybody listening is unsure of whether or not to do something, just do it. What better time than now? Just start. You don't have to succeed overnight. It doesn't have to happen next week. Gradual changes. And that's, that's why I continue to hustle and keep setting goals for myself a year two, five years out um, to try and accomplish them and just continue working towards it. It's a, it's a daily thing. Yeah. yeah
1: dude and we appreciate you you know coming on and like really expressing everything that has gone over the past you know almost uh, actually 20 years you know two decades yeah so, i mean thanks
0: for, thanks for helping tell our story guys I, I appreciate your support of sjc um and and following along with our with our journey yeah Absolutely. i would
1: love to do something like in your warehouse as everything's going around in the background you know what i mean like uh yeah once this pandemic's you, guys over.
0: Close enough, you know when, when uh, you know, we can all hang out again and have fun without wearing a mask. I, I would love to have <laughs> you guys up we can do we can do some stuff at the factory. Absolutely. We're yeah, For we're sure.
1: we're eventually gonna do this in person. Um but right now, yeah. you know, we're definitely taking everything into consideration with COVID nineteen. Yeah. So it's not Absolutely. cool. So we're gonna keep <laughs> doing this. But um, it'll
2: essentially be a podcast tour of all the guests that we've had over Skype. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty much what it's gonna be.
1: Just uh, in person with a better background drop instead of this like this yeah. graphic in the back and us, you know, yeah. me in my bedroom and Zach behind Le- a yeah. chimney. You i classed it up that. that's
0: pretty sick I, I classed it up guys I, nah. I tried Here, to do I, a if one. i uh if i frame it properly i can have just like that nice bridge there we so, go yeah there you go yeah <laughs> not even in your office
1: dude he's just hanging out in the middle of the woods <laughs> yeah,
2: just man, chill. Just chill.
1: dude honestly thank you so much for coming by um we really look forward to you know hearing from you and seeing what you guys have to you know unveil in the future we're really stoked for it dude
0: Thank you so much. Thanks everybody for joining in. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys out there.
1: Yeah. Stay safe. Thanks brother.